We're not talking about a man. We're talking about the Spirit of God. Yes. God sends His Spirit to comfort us. Any trouble we're in, and as He comforts me, I'm able to comfort people who are in any trouble. That's right. Welcome to The Healing Touch with Bishop Ronald F. Kimball, presiding bishop of the Life Center Churches. You can find out more about Bishop Kimball and Life Center Church at www.thelifecenter.org. Now, here's Bishop Kimball with today's message. Well, today as we begin this message, we're going to start back in the book of Acts. We just deviated a little bit last week. The church is getting ready to move out of Jerusalem. A very, very sad thing happened. Stephen was stoned in Acts chapter 7 for standing up for what he believed. And I think that was a real, real turning point for the church. And they began to spread out. They went everywhere, just like Jesus said, Samaria, Judea, the utmost parts of the earth. And I look at this from the scripture, and I look at it and I compare it with today's church. Was God giving us a model here? Was God giving us something to really, really look at and to pattern ourselves after? What happens when persecution hit our lives? What happens when things don't go right in the church? The church was always designed to be missional. It was never designed to be a place where people just came and went back home. They came to church and went back. It was always missional. The church is supposed to spread out. I don't know how many billions of people they say confess Christianity, but here's a thought. If each one of us just won one person of Jesus in a year, we'll double every year. If just one, not one, not one every six months, one a year. If each Christian won one person to Christ, we'll double every year. And that's not impossible. And I thank God that he left us a good example to follow. And I know if you read the scripture there, we, we always run out of time before. Always. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, then. We do that for, for your sake. We're not, we're not like the apostle Paul. He preached all night. All night long, he preached. A man went to sleep, fell out the window, and broke his neck. The Apostle Paul went downstairs and laid his hands on him and healed him and brought him back upstairs. I tell you, that's ministry right there. Yes. That's ministry. Yes. So as you read this, Pastor King, what is it that you would like to start with this morning and looking at what happened in the book of Acts and what's really going on today? As I look at the scripture, Bishop, especially in chapter 8 of Acts, I took note of a constant relationship oh. or people coming into a relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. They gave their attention to a matter, mm -hmm. they believed, they were baptized, and they accepted Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And three different instances, that same pattern was recorded in Scripture when Philip went down to Samaria. Okay. The Samarians that was there, they gave their attention to what he was preaching and teaching, the preaching of the kingdom of God and of Jesus Christ. The Bible said they gave their attention to that. And one thing that we have to be careful of, the things that we give our attention to, mm -hmm. the power of influence mm -hmm. is measured and determined by who or what we give our attention to. Mm -hmm. In this case, the Samaritans, they gave their attention to the teaching of the scripture. As a result, the Bible says they believed. 
Same pattern happened with Simon, the sorcerer. Yeah. People was giving their attention to him. And as a result, they thought he was some great God because they had nothing else to compare okay. the move of the Holy Spirit okay. to. So I just think that in short, the best thing that one could take away is that be careful what you give your attention to mm -hmm. because that's going to influence what you're going to do. Yeah, Jesus said, be careful what you hear. Yes. Be careful how you hear. Yes, sir. Because those things are very, very important. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the church in its formative years, some 2,000 years ago, they began ministering filled with the Holy Spirit. And being filled with the Holy Spirit, people of God, is not about being trouble free. Mm, it's not true. about having everything going your way. Now, there's a teaching going around, and I'm not really that one to put people down, but you have to confront air where you find it. The teaching is you can have whatever you want. I'm glad Paul didn't believe that. I'm, I'm glad he didn't. We wouldn't have the scripture. You're not going to have what you say you can have. <laughs> And that's not contradicting Jesus. See, the scripture lets us know that there is what we have now and then there's the not yet. And that's what's coming. John said, it does not yet appear what we shall be like. We don't have that yet. But we do know when he appears, we shall be just like him. So we have to look at what the Bible is saying is what's now and what's to come. Right now, God wants us to focus on the ministry at hand. And the ministry at hand is going to require us to give everything, even if it takes our own life. We have to give it. Isaiah 53, some 700 years before Jesus, the prophet speaks about a suffering servant, mm -hmm. a servant that would suffer. We quote the scripture all the time. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. That's, that's not a very pleasant experience to be beat and bruised and nailed to a cross, that was his mission. Yes. And we're gonna see exactly what he meant there in the book of Matthew when he speaks about this. Now, Paul, the apostle who really captured the attention of the book of Acts, he really captured the attention. This man on his way to Damascus one day to bring people back to Jerusalem bound in chains. And he was given these orders by the high priests. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had the top officials behind him. On his way to Damascus, a light came from heaven and a voice started speaking. Yes. Something that was way out of the ordinary for Pharisees. And Paul was one of the chief Pharisees. And Paul wanted to know, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, who are you persecuting? Mm -hmm. I said, my God, a light, a voice, he saw, saw no one. That's right. He said that's he right. saw a light above the brightness of the sun. Now that's bright. Yes. <laughs> but see, the trouble that we face, that Paul was bringing to these people, the troubles that we face, he mentions this in 2 Corinthians, and he uses different terms. And if we return to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, as being Christians, we're going to have to learn how to face trouble. We're going to have to learn how to face difficulties. Even though the Spirit of God 
is in our lives, you're going to face some difficult days. Here's what the scripture teaches us in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4, verse 6, verse 8. He uses a word that really means pressure. In chapter 1, verse 4, he says, who comforts us. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the Lord Jesus. In all our affliction, so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. I want you to see in these verses, Paul uses comfort, comforting, a form of the word, 10 different times. Whatever you go through, God is there to comfort. He's there to console. I like what the psalmist said. We'll read that. Whatever you go through, quit trying to dodge it. It's part of our life and what Jesus talked about. He said, if you're going to follow me, you can't even count your own life. Now, those are some heavy statements. And I don't know why we've become, when many people use the word soft at the church, we hear too much about who we are, what we can have, not what God called us to be and do. We're not supposed to be the soft pillars that everyone should lie down on. We are missional. We are ambassadors for Christ. We have orders from God to go into all the world, all the world, the good part and the bad part. The easy part, the hard part. Yes. We've been commissioned. We are missional to go into all the world. So he says, he comforts us in our affliction. Mm-hmm. Affliction. That's a good word. Acts chapter eleven nineteen. he uses the word, but it's translated persecution. So that's a good word. Trouble involving direct suffering. Because I'm in a sinful world, because it's a fallen world, I'm going to face some situations like everybody else in the world. Peter talks about that, just like the other brothers in the world. We're not exempt from things. We're going through this pandemic just like everybody else. We're not exempt, but we have some promises from God. Here's what Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says. I just love to to read this writing from Paul, Romans chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen to what he says. And do not be conformed to this world. You know how you conform something, you put pressure on it. You put pressure, you push and squeeze to try to make it fit its mold. And so here's what J.B. Phillips translation says. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. Don't let the world squeeze you into thinking the way they want you to think and acting the way they want you to act because they put pressure on you. If you don't think like the world, things are happening just like they did in Ephesus when the Temple of Diana, that was the banking center of the world. And, mm-hmm. and if you wasn't in with the program of Diana, you would be sort of like cast aside. You wouldn't make it. And the same thing is happening in the world today. If you're not in with the world system, they seem to withdraw their support from you. They want to squeeze you so you can think the way they want you to think and act the way they want you to act. But, but the scripture is warning us 
Don't be conformed. You know, when you want to conform something, you put pressure on it. Don't be conformed. Don't let the world pressure you Mm -hmm. to act this way and to think this way. God has got a higher standard. This is what he says. You got the pressure that comes from without. They want to put you in a certain mindset so you can think like them. I like what the Apostle Paul say there. Now, there are three types of pressure that the church is going to face that you're going to face, basically mm-hmm. three, and it's not exhaustive. I like to say yeah. that. Say, <laughs> it is physical pressure, mm-hmm. mental pressure. Do you know the mental pressure that's on people today? They are wondering, how am I going to pay bills and what's going to happen next month when the time to pay the mortgage or the rent again? That's pressure. Mm-hmm. You can't sleep. You can't rest. You can't enjoy life. Why? You are under pressure. You're under pressure, and then there's spiritual pressure. Mm, yes. Well, you got to make a decision now. Do I stay with God, or do I just break away and do what I think I need yeah. to do? You know, this is where we are right now. And this is what the church was facing as it went out from Jerusalem. They start facing a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure, pressure on us to conform to the world. Now, that's the main one. The world want to squeeze you into its mold, want to shape your thinking. I know there's a lot of different things going on out there. You have Black Lives Matter and some of everything. I have nothing against these things. People are voting. I encourage everybody to vote. But here's what I believe, what the scripture says. I can't let that go. He worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. We don't decide for God. He decides for us. I can only have his best when I allow him to make the decision. Mm -hmm. God knows the end from the beginning. So I have to trust God's wisdom. Then in verse 6 of 2 Corinthians Mm -hmm. chapter 1, now look what he says in verse 6 here in 2 Corinthians. He says in verse 6, but if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort Mm -hmm. and salvation. Or if we are comforted, It is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer. You see, Paul uses that word comfort, and it's a beautiful thing. You know what a comfort is? Mm -hmm. Practically, same as we say the comfortable. Yes, 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 yes. yes. We're not talking about a man. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the Spirit of God. God sends his Spirit to comfort us. Any trouble we're in, and as he comforts me, Mm -hmm. I'm able to comfort people who are in any trouble. As people of God, the church must learn to rest in God. Amen. It's too many people out there that is not comfortable, I mm-hmm. would say. They're mm-hmm. being squeezed, and we mm-hmm. meet them every day. We meet people every day. They're in church week after week after week, maybe not lately, mm-hmm. but they know enough by now to be able to stand for God. But this is what Paul is talking about when he says comfort. For just as the suffering, verse 5, of Christ are ours in abundance, Mm -hmm. the sufferings of Christ. Well, what reason did he suffer? He wasn't suffering just to be suffering. He was suffering for a cause. That's the point he wanted to make. If we're going through anything, it's for a cause. He does not afflict the children of men willingly. God doesn't get pleasure out of making us discomfort. No, no, it's for a purpose. It's for a reason. Whatever you go through, it's for a reason. God's got a reason. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. If you like this message in its entirety, contact us by phone at 407-628-3229, extension 114, or visit our online store at www.thelifecenter.org.